episode is brought to you ad-free thanks to all of our wonderful patrons. You can get tons of exclusive content and help us keep the show going by joining at patreon.com slash flop. And welcome to this episode of Shonen Flop, where we talk about manga and Shonen Jump that didn't make it big. I'm David. I'm Jordan. Next week, we'll be covering, I think it's pronounced stars, S-T ampersand, R-S. I don't know. We will find stars out. Stars or standers? Stands. This is the from an enemy. Standers. Stanners. <laughs> <laughs> be sure to join the discussion in our Discord and submit your six-word summary. Find a link to Discord in our episode description in our website, shonenflop.com. But this week, we are talking about the uwu little nanohazard. Oh, baby hazard. And we are joined by our guest, the legendary Shen. Shen, thank you so much for joining us. To my telling the audience a little bit about yourself. Hello, uh, my name is Shen. I am a comic artist, probably most known for my comic on Webtoon, which is called Blue Chair. And I also make comics all over the place, you know, Tumblr, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. I tend to veer between uh, humor and horror pretty erratically. <laughs> oh, yes. And that's just kind of my thing. Yeah, I will say, listener, there is, I would say, a very good chance you have probably seen Shen's work because, uh, yeah. Shen, do you keep track of how many of your comics turn into memes? Like, do you have just like a scoreboard and you like flip it <laughs> over when you see like a new uh, Know Your Meme page has been added to your account? Yeah, we're all keeping, every comic artist has a <laughs> scoreboard. There's like a leaderboard and, and I'm at the top, baby. And there's, uh, actually, I'm, I'm second to maybe Casey Green, who's at the top, but I'm up there. Casey Green's the godfather. We actually had tried to have Casey Green come to our book club when we did the graveyard book. And he was like, I'm too nervous to come to this, to your, <laughs> to your book club, which was really sad. But I do appreciate he got back to us. Yeah. Oh, man. No, I mean, it's going to be hard to top Casey Green. That literally just the this is fine dog is untouchable. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Tim Buckley gets pretty much has probably one of the most famous comic book memes. Where OK, it's that's just, fair. <laughs> it pretty much created a form of art. Yeah. No, I mean, I see Shen's comics everywhere. So thank you for coming on. It's pretty cool. Thank you for having me. Shen, I know that a lot of your comics come viral, but is there any comic that you were really proud of that you feel like you would say if our listeners were to check out any one piece of work of yours? Is there anyone you're particularly most proud of? <laughs> this is going to sound like a flex, but I promise it's not. Uh, the latest one. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As of now, like the very last one I, I released is just a real whopper of like 24 panels kind of explaining my process for making my comics relatable. So check that one out. I did see that was pretty great with the clone. Yeah, yeah. That one is, is a good place because I think it's, it's kind of like it demonstrates the vibe that you can expect from my comics in general. I love it. I also had the weirdest burn stain effect where I could have sworn for the longest time you were British. And then you mentioned like how what time zone you were in. I was like, that's so strange. And I looked it up and it was like, there's absolutely nothing British about you. And I do not know why I thought this entire time you were British. I don't know either. Why did you think that? I've come from the dimension where the one difference is you're just British for some reason. You just got that uh, that dry sense of humor, David. That is true, actually. You were like, <laughs> damn, this, uh, you can tell that this is from the same culture that produced Monty Python. Absolutely. <laughs> Are your comics particularly big in England, or am I just absolutely insane? I don't think they're particularly big in England. They're surprisingly big in Brazil. Really? Yeah. If I went to Brazil, then oh. I would get some hype there for sure. Uh, I see a lot of people like saying that's so me in, in Portuguese in my like quote retweets and stuff. Do you speak any Portuguese? No, I do not. I speak like a tiny amount of Spanish thanks to high school, as a lot of Americans do, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. But unfortunately, we do have to move on and talk about this manga, which, listener, you're going to find out alive with me if this manga is good or not. So keep track of what my opinion is at any given time. This is going to be a hard one. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shen, thank you for joining us for a very interesting read. Spoilers, this is one of the hardest plot summaries I have ever had to write because, Shen, a lot of the manga we read, nothing really happens. Uh, uh -huh. You cannot say that for this manga, a lot happens in this yeah. You can't say nothing happens. And in fact, when I opened that document to see what people had at it, and I saw this chunk of text, this absolute, like, biblical passage that you had written, right. I was just kind of like, yeah, that checks out. That checks out as a plot summary for this. This is the longest plot summary I think I've ever seen Jordan write. Crazy. Jordan's like, we gotta read an gag manga where I fucking have, like, five sentences. Where just nothing happens. God. Um, I would actually, I need to look back and see what the shortest plot summary. That'd be an interesting metric. I think maybe it was, like, Tokyo Demon Bride. I don't know. That might, God, with the infinite, God, that might, all right, sorry, we're getting off track. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about who actually made this manga. All right, so this is Nanohazard, and it was written by uh, Shushu Kuriara. The notable people they had as assistants were Katsunori Matsui of uh, Hanakaku, number 10. I guess those are two different manga, anyway. Yuya Kanzaki of uh, Funohan and Change the World. Ryokuji Yoshizawa of Namijo with three exclamation points, goddamn. And Mother Kon. Yuji Yamashita of Junkies, god, oof. That sounds like a heavy manga. Mm -hmm. And, uh, oh, Jasmine Gyo. Oh, like, surprisingly uh, English name. All right. Of Backstreet Girls. Ooh, ooh. That's a 90s-ass manga. And send my regards to Kenshiro. Omaiwa Shinderu. Nani? Uh, the other works include Uramiya Honpo series, which is a, a long-running collection of titles about the Uramiya Honpo, which is a revenge shop. People have suffered horrifically can pay massive sums for revenge to be achieved against those who have wronged them. And Kami Apli, God Tools, from 2012 to 2020, that's 20 volumes. God damn, that doesn't sound like a flop. That's a thick one. Sanctions Academy, which is currently going in uh, Grand Jump Mucha. <laughs> Mucha? <laughs> Mucha. It's where Mucha Lucha actually originated. Yeah. So his this manga ran in Grand Jump Mucha and Grand Jump Mecha, which sounds like maybe I should have called it Muka. But anyway, Shukusei no uh, Gedokushi, which is also still running in Weekly Young Jump. So, wow, this guy's got two mangas going. Right. Whoa. That sounds like a lot. Mm -hmm. Also, um, the artist is Kazana. That's Kaza like the uh, pirating master <laughs> thing. No, no notable assistance or worked for anybody notable crazy this artist might have been self-taught yeah. They also did Strange Moon, which is a webcomic. Again, no mm -hmm. shock there. And, oh God, My Family Breeding Diary. Oh, Jesus Christ. Sounds normal. Mm. That's still going. But Nanohazard, we're talking about that today. This ran from August 14th, 2018 to February 26th, 2019. Got 25 chapters over three volumes. And God damn, what a 25 chapters they were. I don't want to say like these chapters were long because they weren't, but God, this is these were efficient chapters. Would you all say? Yeah, a lot happens in these chapters. I mean, especially towards the end. Oh, Jesus, a lot happens towards the end. <laughs> you really get the treat of reading that last paragraph. <laughs> so let's introduce the audience to this like three page long plot summary. 
Listener, this is possibly the most difficult plot summary that I have ever had to write, so please bear with me on how long this is. I am sorry. I had to include all this shit. I had to. Okay. <laughs> Sunamura is a weak kid who's getting his ass beat by some bullies who have been extorting him for apparently hundreds of thousands of yen. As they're beating the shit out of him, a kid named Enjo walks up and demands that they stop. He tries to fight them, but the bullies just beat him up instead until his not-girlfriend Miyama, you know, it's one of those things where I'll just a childhood friend. Yeah, whatever. She pretends to call the cops and they run away. Despite this, Tsunamoto hates Enjo for being a total chad with his GF. Uh, that night, someone gets hit by a car while carrying a stolen jar of nanomachines, which spread and get up in everyone's noses. Everyone in the area's heads blow up except for an old guy, but his dog sadly was not so lucky. Uh, a rocky smile somewhere. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anjo just happens to be reading a Gizmodo article about nanobots and how fucking crazy they are. When one just flies up his goddamn nose, he thinks about how mad he is that his detective dad got killed on a case when his mom walks in thinking he was jacking off. The next day, Anjo easily catches a fly and is able to hear things from really far away. Later, Sunamura, who also got bots in his nose, discovers he can hypnotize people when he almost makes his parents kill themselves. Flash cut to four scientists consisting of a stern lady, a wrestle fan, a crazy guy, and a guy in a suit named Maizono. As you can tell, one is more important than these. As Maizono quickly reveals he's a super secret cop, they watch the nanobots progress using stealth drones. This is important, kinda. Enjo hears a scream and rushes over to find a huge dude brutally killing a woman and her daughter before drinking the blood from her severed head. Metal. The big dude turns out to be the old guy from earlier named Gonzo, who has become a massively powerful killing machine due to nanobots mixing with his own evil as a landlord. The surveillance. He <laughs> really is like, fuck landlords, bro. He is not evil because of the nanobots. He is evil already. And he is a landlord. Like, this, th the manga is very clear. The nanobots did not make him evil. He was already evil. He already killed his wife. It's kind of like the, the nanobots are, like, renting his brain for a bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I just love how the series is both pro-cop but anti-landlord, so I really don't know where <laughs> on the political spectrum this manga is. There's a lot that we have to work out about this manga. <laughs> yeah, sorry, please keep going. Yeah. The surveillance drones watch as Anjo faces off against Gonzo, who has now de-aged in addition to getting jacked, and Anjo manages to shoot his finger bones through him, which understandably freaks Gonzo out and causes him to run away. Uh, by the way, the bone bullets leave his fingers all dangly and gross, but like they regenerate. It just really hurts. That day at school, Tsunamura uses his hypnosis powers to get the bullies to beat themselves up and stab Anjo before making an art teacher get naked in class because he's a creep. Anjo is picked up by the scientists who are shocked to find out that he's still alive after getting stabbed in the goddamn heart. They tell him that he has ultra synesthesia, allowing him to hear things super well, as long as he's looking in that direction. They say he has like a unidirectional microphone, which doesn't make sense because he hears the drones above him, but like whatever. Maizono asks Anjo to agree to help him bring in the other people with nano hosts, as they call him, who are now going around killing people. Anjo agrees, but man, he ain't gonna fucking do that shit for free. So he demands 10 million yen per case because he's getting that fucking money and good for him. I support him. You know something? Don't just do shit for exposure, artists. Make sure you get that money. You earn it. Popcorn David. Meanwhile, Sunamura targets Miyama because he's gross and tries to hypnotize her, but it doesn't work for some reason, and she back kicks him in the stomach because she's a black belt. Yeah, she is canonically a karate master, as they say. 
Yes. Then, while driving around, Meizono and Enjo see a woman named Yui having a headache when a guy comes over to help her. Enjo thinks he may be a nano host, so follows her and sees as she burns the guy alive. But he was planning on murdering her, so no worries. It was literally like he has like a thought process where he's like, yeah, I'm going to fucking do whatever I want to this girl and then murder her. Yeah, the series makes sure that no one good dies in this series. Oh, until the end. It was definitely one of those like switch ups, just like, oh, you you think that like the guy is going to be like the worst guy that's going to be there. But no, he's in danger. Yeah. She's the real hot tamale. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, she (laughs) is. Yeah. It seems she's been killing guys who sexually harass her. And honestly, good for her. We stand. We stand. <laughs> and Joe fights Yui and she overloads her firepowers, burning to death, which she kind of did on purpose. And I guess she didn't really realize what would happen if she did that. Yeah. So what happens is she lights him on fire and then he shoots his burning bone into the fucking uh, like sprinklers. And then she's like, oh, well, this fo- this water's putting my fire out. I'll just burn hot enough so the water doesn't fucking put my fire out. And then it turns out it's too hot and it burns her alive. Kills herself by accident by yeah, doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yep, the next day, those bullies approach Shinomura, looking for answers, so he tells them to kill themselves. Unfortunately for him, Gonzo is there and decides to manipulate Shinomura himself. His powers don't work on Gonzo because he's still got old man hearing, and they apparently don't work on Miyama because she's destroying her hearing by listening to too much death metal or something. Yeah, I love how, like, Gonzo's like, shit, I'm young and strong again, but, like, it didn't cure my hearing or my athlete's foot or my erectile dysfunction. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I really thought that was going to be a plot point that like his vision is still really terrible. And Joe learns he can tell if someone is lying, like Daredevil, by listening to their heartbeat. He approaches Shinomura, who realizes Enju must have powers if he didn't die from getting stabbed, and tries to hypnotize him into attacking Miyama. It doesn't work, but Enju goes along with it, telling Miyama he was acting, which she believes for some reason, and punches him in the face. Why would she believe it? <laughs> Shinomura has Enju go into an abandoned building and meet Gonzo. They fight, and Enju is on the ropes until Meizono jumps in with a gun that fires rubber bullets with the proper of both rubber and gum, which is <laughs> fucking Hunter Hunter reference. It does, though. It does. <laughs> <laughs> Meizono puts a screwdriver up Gonzo's ear because destroying the brain is the only way to kill a nano host, which is also how you kill a normal person. That's how you, big deal. That's how I can die, too. Fucking. <laughs> yeah, I love how people are like, Luffy's got a weakness to stabbing weapons. No, Luffy is just a normal person when it comes to being stabbed. Yeah. Gonzo says he's afraid that he'd be killed by them. And by that, he means a goth dummy mommy named Queen who can spread nanobots by kissing people and can control them that way. He's also about to reveal who originally planned on stealing the nanobots while Meizono kills him and attacks Enjo, seemingly under control by Tsunomura, but Enjo sees through it. Meizono actually was planning on stealing the nanomachines and selling them to a random country, and the screwdriver he used was actually a sonic screwdriver which sucked up the nanomachines from Gonzo. Also, he's the one who killed Enjo's dad, just BT dubs. Just by the way, yeah. Absolutely, you can tell the offer ran out of time. I like how the, <laughs> how the way that's realized is Enjo is just like, hey, that's a, that's a pretty new-looking screwdriver that you found. And he's like, oh, I guess it is. No, but, uh, somebody drop it. <laughs> that, that, that's like how it's revealed. Which is completely reasonable to be like, people can absolutely just have a new screwdriver. Yeah, like, yeah. it's like, no, somebody would cherish that screwdriver. Nobody would drop a new <laughs> screwdriver they just bought. Yeah, I'd call the cops if I lost my screwdriver <laughs> yeah. and they'd find it for me. Because apparently cops are effective in this universe. <laughs> he shoots Andrew with a gross goopy gun and runs away. He's intercepted by Queen, kisses him and makes him her nano slave. They also intercept Tsunomura and Queen murders her own boyfriend in front of him to scare him into following her. Talk about a killer queen. 
<laughs> but it was seemingly pointless. Like, why did you do that? You just you just made your own team weaker by doing that, Queen. Why did you do that? Her methods are beyond your understanding. I suppose. Which is also another Hideo Kojima thing where he gets away with dumb bullshit, like the plot of Death Stranding. Oh. But anyway, Popcorn Shen. Enjo is pretty fucked up from his fight with Gonzo and is missing an arm, but the stern lady scientist gives him some drugs that accelerate his regeneration and he grows another one, like Piccolo. Literally, it's like dripping and everything. That scene was one of the nastier ones um, in, the, <laughs> in the whole yeah. manga. Oh god. She says not to take more than three, or his head will probably explode, or something, who the fuck knows. Enjo goes home to find one of Queen's lackeys named Rin waiting for him. She asks him to join them. He refuses, so she shows him his mother's severed head, which makes Enjo very sad. Like, she didn't take her hostage. No. She, she just fucking killed her. <laughs> she was just like, I, I knew you'd refuse, right? How did his mom have absolutely no protection? I don't know. They're like, we're boosting your security, but fuck, your mom's definitely not a concern. Yeah, nah, nobody's gonna come after your mom, Andrew. Certainly not an ice lady. No. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Oh, his mom literally got fridged by someone with ice. Oh, powders. God, she did. Yeah. Then, Enjo's bodyguards burst through and try to apprehend Rin, but she freezes them and does Sub-Zero's fatality on them. She literally did. Yeah, causing Enjo to shoot her through the head with his bone gun, which is a classic Enjo move. Yeah, just shooting his bone gun off. Yeah, that's classic Enjo. Then he eats his mom's stuffed peppers while That's crying. not a euphemism, by the way. I just want to clarify. Yeah. Yeah, no, there's like a flashback in which, uh, like, when she was alive, he never liked the stuffed peppers. He was like, oh, they're, they're nasty. And now he's just like, these are the last time. This is the last time I'll ever eat them. And they're like the best thing ever. Mm. So he eats his mom's stuffed peppers while crying, not even caring that he killed someone because the nanobots probably made him not care. Or, you know, the fact that she killed his mom also contributed to him not caring. <laughs> yeah. Sunomura comes up with the idea to capture Miyami, enslave her with Queen's nanobots, and make her fight Enjo. So they kidnap her and tell Enjo they're holding her at the Tree of Life statue. Every single character shows up there, but when Queen kisses Miyami, her head just blows up instead. I kind of appreciated that because I felt like the manga almost forgot that that's what was happening to people. Yeah. You know, I I will admit, I forgot. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I forgot at that time, so when her head <laughs> blows up, I was like, holy shit. So Sunomura hypnotizes the chief detective, who I forgot to mention until now. <laughs> and he does show up pretty late, to be fair. And uh, tells him to shoot all the scientists and himself. And he actually fucking does it, the madman. I was surprised because usually that in manga, that's like, no, don't do it. And then it's like the main character would jump in and stop him. No, he just fucking kills everyone. God I kind of thought he was going to shoot them in like the shoulder or something because it didn't say kill him. It just said shoot him. No, he goes for the head. But he also arbitrarily shoots the woman in the stomach instead of in the head for some reason. Hey, you know, a lot was happening. Yeah, but it didn't really matter as what <laughs> next in the last sentence of this. Yeah, why didn't he shoot himself in the stomach? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Enjo tries shooting Queen with his bone gun, the classic Enjo move that we've mentioned. Oh, yes. But she keeps dodging. That's not a classic against Enjo move, by the no, way. Nobody usually, dodges yeah. it. Yeah, and he shoots her subordinates instead. 
Masono reveals that he has sword powers and cuts off Enjo's limbs. So Enjo says fuck it and takes all the drugs in his pocket with, with the one limb that he has remaining after that. Yeah, it's amazing he was able to, like, open that child lock that was yeah. definitely on the bottom. Yeah, hey, maybe the nanobots did it. Maybe they went in there and it's not a nanobot proof lock. Yeah, nanomachines, <laughs> son. I love yeah. that. That's such a great... <laughs> So this causes his limbs to grow massive, to grow massive and gross. Very true. He kills Sunamura and starts flinging bones everywhere, <laughs> killing more of her underdeveloped henchmen. My favorite of which, by the way, is the one that was cloaked in shadow for the vast majority of it, who just gets murked by like a stray bone at this point. Yeah. Not, she doesn't even get her own panel, I don't think. It's, it just happens in the corner of one of the panels. It's crazy. Queen is like, holy shit, this power isn't super hearing, it's manipulation of bones. And, like, no fucking shit. <laughs> yeah, like, he's been shooting bones this whole time. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what that has to do with the super hearing, but maybe you guys can explain that well, later. Well, there's a bone know. in your ear. That's what I'm like, maybe he can. Yeah, that's what he actually has been doing is manipulating his ear bone. And it's let's just mm. not think about it too hard. This nano hazard, a lot of shit happens here. A lot of shit happens here. Yes, we actually haven't even gotten into discussing this. Let's get through the let's get through this bot summary so we can start talking. Okay. Meizono takes Gozo's nanobots and gets super jacked, but Enzo's body gets even more jacked, but also goopy, and he kills Meizono and Queen before his head explodes. Oh yes. The nanobots released in this event travel all around the world, infecting all humans and making everybody's head explode, eliminating the human race. Literally, holy shit! It's been 4.6 billion years since then, but 4 million years ago, the nanobot in Enjo's head wakes up again and reforms his body. He then removes one of his own ribs and creates Miyama. The two of them then stand naked next to the Tree of Life statue, which is the most incredibly built structure of all time, remaining intact for 4.2 billion years. What the fuck is that statue made out of? God damn! That and the Hoover Dam are the two <laughs> things that will survive our species. Is that's oh my god! All right, let's dive into the characters. That was quite the plot summary. Oh, I'm sorry, I I had to fit all that in there. I know I appreciate it. Shen, do you mind telling us a little bit about the main character? Sure. So the main character is Enjo Shudo. He is 18 year years old. He is in high school, overly confident, dumbass, wants to be a cop like his dad. And he's got super hearing as a result of his nanobots, or what we assume to be super hearing, I guess we'll discuss that later. And yep. he really likes sugar. Also, as a result of his nanobots who demand sugar to both rebuild his bones and stuff and to like function. There's a thing where, like, he'll just drink, like, four liters of cola without even noticing. And, like, it's kind of bullshit, because when I do that, people call me, like, a slob. Instead of gaining powers, I just gain diabetes. Yeah. <laughs> He's got fucking bone powers. David, this is the second episode in a row that we have read a manga about somebody who has bone powers. It's also the second guest we've had that's a webcomic artist. So maybe <laughs> just whenever we have. So, um, uh, I don't know if you've ever heard of Scoob and Shag. Yeah, I have. Yeah, so we had Dingo, who is the creator of Scoob and Shag, as our previous guest. Oh, cool. And, and they, they had a Bone bone Powers manga, too? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it was crazy. Way worse than this manga, though. I don't even know if that's true. I don't, I don't know. 
We're going to find out. Yeah, he's just kind of like that bullshit lawful good thing. There's not a lot of character to him. Well, I thought it was kind of interesting where he suddenly becomes very interested in money. And I felt like that was more of a subtle nod to the fact that the nanobots make you have like less empathy and sympathy for people. Because I thought it was like interesting how like at the start he was just pure lawful good and hated all villains. But then he was just he suddenly was interested in getting paid for it. You are right, because he's like, oh, I can't wait to get a paycheck now that I beat this girl. Hey, hey, respect, though. Yeah. Do, do you guys have anything else to say about him, or should we go to the the next character? Yeah, I mean, no, actually. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to uh, Sunamura. So I'll just take this one. He is a bullet kid. He is just kind of, he's just straight up evil. He, he just hates society. He's got big, we live in a society bottom text energy. Yeah. And he's got hypnotic speech. I do appreciate the kind of explained it. It's hilarious how easy it is to get around it, where literally they didn't just tell the nanobot to make it. You can't hear that frequency anymore. Mm-hmm. You know that frequency where, like, only teenagers can hear it? Yeah. I would say apparently that's what's going on, but he also controlled his parents. So I really, I guess it was a different frequency. (laughs) But Queen stops it by just being like, all right, everybody, you can no longer hear that frequency. I also love how they show up to the final confrontation knowing he will be there, and they wear no hearing protection despite (laughs) how insanely easy it is to make yourself immune to his power. Yeah, right? You very easily could just wear earplugs that block that frequency. That was like what they were saying, like uh, when they were guarding Enjo, they were like, they already knew that there was a way around it, but they still did not wear that to this confrontation. We're wearing earbuds and listening to music, so. I can't hear the, the villain. He's got his AirPods on. <laughs> like, literally, holy shit. He sucks. In a sense, like this guy's power is super easy to counter if you know about it, right? But in another sense, I feel like this guy is like the most OP character in the whole thing. I feel like they had to make situations for him to fail. Like they had to have like the old, the, um, what was the uh, Gonzo? They had to have like Gonzo's hearing not be cured in order for him to fail. Because otherwise, this guy, this guy is like, his power is like absolutely broken. Like hypnosis just via speech, and they don't remember what they did afterwards. Or how they were yeah. like, yeah, uh, Miyama just has tinnitus from listening to loud music. Mm-hmm. He could have just been like, all right, I'm leaving this battle manga. I'm just going to go take over the world really easily. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, and now that we speak of Gonzo, Jordan, do you mind telling us about Gonzo, my favorite form of journalism? Hey, so he's a fucking landlord. And as I mentioned earlier, the nanobots didn't make him evil. He was canonically already evil. See, he was a landlord and he killed his wife previously. He's very upset about his erectile dysfunction and he kills people so he can drink their blood to get iron, which uh, heals him. You could have seen a bunch of cereal. He's just a bastard and he calls people whippersnappers because even though he looks like he's in his 20s, he is actually a very, very old man. Yeah. It's interesting how he gets shot and the method he uses not to die. He's like, oh, I can just use this all the time, which I actually thought was kind of a cool detail where he can harden his body. He was a pretty good villain, honestly. He was pretty cool. You know, now that you bring up the fact that he still talks like an old man, even though he, like, looks young now, that kind of reminds me of this one character from this webtoon, actually, I read, called Viral Hit. It's a character, she's like a high school age girl, uh, but she learned Korean by talking to people on, like, a web forum for old men, and so she talks <laughs> like an old, she talks like a Korean old man in Korean. Oh, that's great. And that's it's always, like, a fun trait, you know? Yeah. That was also a joke in uh, Witch Watch, if you're familiar with that manga. No. 
Oh, which watch? Uh, Jordan, Jordan's gonna stop me, but which watch is probably one of the best manga running in Shonen Jump right now, where it's kind of it's just like this comedy series, and this lady's an offer, and she meets like a fan group for a manga that's created in the manga, and like one of these people she fought was like a six year old man is like an eighteen year old girl, and she still talks in person like she's an old man. <laughs> Oh, I've never even heard of this one. Wishwash? I gotta look that up. I think you would quite like it. It's probably one of the funniest manga I've read. It's like mm. actually a good sitcom manga. And the author kind of just does whatever he wants. Like there's a chapter where okay, they turn David, into no Minecraft. Spoilers, okay, David, no more fine, spoilers. No more spoilers. I'm just trying to sell him on it. David spoils this fucking comic every chance he gets. Uh, let's just say he has a lot of gimmick chapters that are a lot of fun. Mm. And then finally, uh, yeah, I guess then there's also kind of the bad guy, Maizono. He super cop man, Nano Thief. He killed my character's dad, which is just set so stupidly out of nowhere. <laughs> it's very convenient. The, the thing is, the series doesn't really have a lot of recurring characters, which is weird given how long the plot is. Yeah, it's mostly Enjo and then like the scientists, I guess. Uh, but yeah, the scientists just... are also not very useful. No, and then they just die unceremoniously at the end of the manga. The entire human race dies unceremoniously at the end of the manga. Yeah, it's true. Uh, there might have been some issues with this series, so should we dive into that? Yeah. George, so Jordan, what, what, what would you say were some issues? I mean, the most obvious issue is the art. Yeah, this is not good art. Here's the thing. The art has interesting composition and it's able to be very dramatic at times, which I really appreciate. And I feel like I'm willing, allows me to overlook the fact that the actual rendering of the characters is honestly not great. Characters are frequently off model. The artist has a lot of trouble with poses. The hands frequently look very bad. But yeah, it's very scratchy art, very sketchy art. Yeah. It's one of those things where it didn't actually end up bothering me that much but i also can't say that the manga wouldn't have been better with like some so more solid art you know yeah like definitely what's that thing where it's like making proportions not proportion it's like when things are further away being the right size perspective mm, yeah yeah this like perspective i think was the most blatant thing where there was just so many fuck-ups that kind of shows the strength of the series overall though that attacking the art is really the biggest thing where like you can cleanly say this is something that the, that the offer or not the author of the artist really needed to work on. I mean, there are definitely other issues, but like that, that's the number one thing. Yeah. And again, like the art is sketchy, but like the uh, actual like shots, I, I guess I would call it, are frequently very interesting. And, and the art is also pretty expressive, too. I think one thing is why the art seems so bad is, um, Shen, we talked about this in our first impression where have you read Dr. Stone at all? Oh, ah, uh, man. I watched a little bit of the, of the anime. I've never read the manga, unfortunately. I feel like the series really tried to kind of take a lot of inspiration from that series. And I think one of the issues is the artist was trying to draw in a style which clearly he was not skilled in. And I bet if he didn't try to emulate that art style, the art would have looked much more consistent. The art almost reminded me of early Yu Yu Hakusho mm. for some reason. There's definitely a Yu Yu Hakusho homage. Yeah, with the bone gun. <laughs> Yeah. And then Shen, were, were there any issues that you feel we haven't mentioned yet? I agree on the art. There was like, don't get me wrong. There are panels in this comic that are just like, I wouldn't change a thing here. Like I wouldn't change yeah. a line. Like the sort of ambience. There were a lot of panels uh, that were like not super innovative in, in their like perspective. And I'm just like, why, why is this panel even here? Like there's just like one additional drawing of this guy's head. You know, I would say that like the art had a lot of good ideas. Uh, the execution yeah. could have used a little yeah. bit of work. One particular chapter, chapter 11. 
where the artist was just absolutely going off. I was like, is somebody else drawing this? Is somebody else drawing <laughs> chapter 11? But no, I think it was the same guy. He was just like on tear that day. <laughs> I say that day as if you drew the whole chapter in one day, which would have been really funny. I kind of feel like the, he was doing that for the last two chapters, too. I just felt like the art in the final two chapters suddenly got way more solid. There was like less, less sketchiness to it. The line quality was better. I would say that this art is very inconsistent. Yeah. Hmm. I would totally agree. I think, though, to attack something that's not art-based, like, again, the character writing is pretty bad. We have some very two-dimensional evil villains, and there's not really a strong reoccurring cast that really helps give a sense of, like, what is the point of a lot of this series. Because you can tell he kind of got into that Monster of the Week excuse plot until he got canceled, where he was going to ride the, we're going to take care of the nano villain of the week for as long as I can. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, also this artist has a lot of trouble drawing, like, specifically women's faces. Yeah. Oh. He tries to uh, draw lips super detailed, and it looks bad. It looks real bad. Handsome Squidward lips. Tried to draw, like, the lines in the lips, and they just go. They just keep going, and it looks real awkward. Like, the first time I saw the drawing of Miyama, right, I could immediately tell it was, like, a very old-school way of drawing, like, a girl face. And I was just like, oh, okay, this artist has, like, a way of drawing girl face. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like I, I can already tell, just from this, like, first character. Not everyone's like Odo, where he's the master of drawing women that all look different. Yeah, yeah. There are a lot of uh, artists that I really respect that um, draw kind of similar looking faces, but, you know, it's worth pointing out, I guess. I feel like the art makes it feel like this is almost like a webcomic. Yeah, this felt like a webcomic. Not that there's anything wrong with webcomics. <laughs> yeah, Shen, there's, there's nothing wrong with webcomics. But, you know. <laughs> Shen just disconnects from the call. I am, if you saw my face right now, I have a, a look of absolute rage. Just like an absolute <laughs> oh, grimace. No. I am so upset right now, and I am shaking <laughs> and throttling in my chair. Oh, I mean, I think webcomics and podcasts are, are pretty equal. Yeah, in the, yeah. We are both online-created art forms. Fine, I'm, I'm no longer shaking and throttling. <laughs> uh, so the last thing I want to talk about as Nick is also how bad the excuses were for how these powers worked. They were like, it depends on which part of your brain it infects. And then like the woman who could set people on fire, it's like, ah, oh, it's like, wow, I guess it infected the part of your brain that controls fire. Phosphorus is a chemical in the human body. I guess, yeah. Uh, but but Shad, I feel like you had a lot of reason, a lot more to say here. So we might actually have a, a little bit of a disagreement on one of these things. I thought that uh, the super hearing description, like the description of basically the first power that shows up, which is Anjo's super hearing, it like went on for a good long time. Like at the oh, beginning, yeah. Yeah. you weren't even sure what was going on. You're just like, oh, can he stop time? Can he accelerate his senses so fast that like everything seems slow to him like in Jojo? And then gradually you realize it's like, oh, OK, he has super hearing but only uh, for stuff that he's looking at directly. And I was just like, okay, that's kind of cool. Like, the power's kind of yeah. cool, and we discovered it in a similar way that he would discover it, right? We didn't just get it, like, explained to us. We sort of, like, had to gradually piece together the clues, just like he did. But then, when the bone bullet comes out, they just, like, dedicate, like, a few panels to just being like, 
yeah <laughs> this is the bone bullet uh, and i'm just like that's like the most that turns out to be the most important power like it would yeah. have been cool to have a little bit of mystery and a little bit of intrigue surrounding what's going on there but he just like immediately realizes what he can do and what's going on and the fact that it regenerates it doesn't have the same sort of like tact that they approached the super hearing power introduction with it could have been interesting yeah. if he was like, shit, how do I do this? How do I do that again? Yeah, yeah. But no, he's just, he does it once and he knows exactly how to do it from that point on. I mean, power discovery is always a really interesting part and honestly one of the easier parts for an author because it's like he has a built-in plot progression. So it is kind of weird that he just kind of fumbled it. But I do want to say, though, there were some positives. So why don't we move into what it did well, where, Shen, I really want to hear some more of your thoughts on this series. I mean, the series, like, we talked about this a little bit at the beginning. I'm not even sure that it's a flop. I, I don't know if it's bad. No, I don't think it is, honestly. If you're in a situation where you're like, I don't know if it's good or bad, it probably means it's pretty good, honestly. Yeah, um, I think the worst thing a series can do is be boring, honestly, and I can't say that this was boring. I had fun no. reading it. In fact, I kind of binged the end of it. I kind of binged everything from chapter maybe 10 all the way to like 25. I was like, okay, this is like getting kind of cool, getting kind of interesting. So that was cool. It wasn't boring. I thought the main character, I thought Anjo's power was very, like, ungeneric. Uh, you know, they limited it quite a bit. The only thing that was a little bit sort of unlimited about it was the regeneration, which was pretty much just like, okay, he can regenerate anything, anytime. Uh, but aside from yeah. that, like, he had a power that was not particularly good in combat and was actually pretty limited, and some of the ways that he ended up using it were clever. I was fully expecting when he was fighting Gonzo, he would like unlock a new power that would save him. And like a little bit he did, mm -hmm. like he shot his like upper yeah. arm bone at him, but yeah. that didn't like save him. He needed my Zono's help there. Like his power was kind of limited, which, yeah, that that was interesting. Do you think he could shoot like his whole skeleton hypothetically? Yeah, probably. <laughs> if this manga wasn't a flop, that's how that's what would have happened in the last chapter. <laughs> Maybe he could clone himself. Shoots his skull out, and then his body regenerates where his skull lands. That would be so sick. God, there's actually a series called Aijin, which plays with that, where it's people have super regenerational powers, and they abuse like their regeneration abilities to kind of pseudo-teleport. Or a manga called Fire Punch, where they also abuse mm. their regeneration. The offer made us think of Fire Punch, and that's always a benefit. Or a ne actually a negative again, because Fire Punch is real fucked up. Yeah. Though, Shen, what you were saying actually made me think of our conversation where that we talked about in our chat was, this series never makes me feel like it's wasting my time. No. Which, we have read so many manga where I'm like, what's the point? Where something interesting is always happening. It might be Cocoa Banana Town, and it may not make sense, but you're like, I actually kind of want to see what's happening next, because this is just crazy so much manga that we read where it's a slog and i have to force myself to keep reading that didn't happen here this manga like mm -hmm. moved at like a quick pace shit like just kept going on like new things were happening new developments like i thought it was pretty interesting how gonzo like took over sunomura's life and he just lived in his house and made his parents just stand in the corner all night Right? This is only 25 chapters, but a lot happened, but it didn't have any, like, massive exposition dumps. No. Except for, like, every explanation of what the nanobots were doing, which were not unwelcome, you know? It would have been pretty painful to diegetically explain how the nanobots worked. Right, yeah. They also weren't, like, super long. It wasn't, like, paragraphs explaining what the nanobots were doing, which I appreciated. 
It was like Baki horseshit science explanation style of like explanation. Yeah. You and Jordan just became best friends because Jordan, there was a time period where Jordan would not stop talking about Baki. Baki is great. I couldn't stop reading Baki. I literally couldn't <laughs> stop reading Baki. I can't think of the last time I've been drawn into a manga the way that Baki just drew me the fuck in. Yeah. Can we also talk about the absolute balls of the ending where he literally kills every single character in the manga? In and the, the main world, hero just David. In the world. It just ends with the world ending. Like, how fucking crazy is that? Baller ending. Just holy shit. He went for it. Like, that's one of the craziest, one of honestly the best endings of a manga we've had on here. I'm trying to think of a manga that had crazy endings. And the other one is, of course, Stealth Symphony, where <laughs> Shen, this one for like craziest ending, where it turns out the main character was like had amnesia and he was a villain the whole time and he like killed a ton of people in the main characters. <laughs> he like gets his memory back and turns evil and the main characters have to kill him. And then they wake oh. up in real Japan. Yeah, and then it turns out that they find a portal to go to actual real-life Japan. Uh, wait, where were they before? They were in a fantasy world. They were in fantasy Japan? It's like, imagine an isekai, but at oh. the end it turns out the protagonist was like Hitler, and oh. he becomes Hitler again <laughs> and kill him. And then they find a portal to go to actual the real world, and that's how the series ends. Yeah. That last bit seems so unnecessary for everything else that happens. Unironically, we tell people to read Self Symphony just because of how insane the ending of that series is. It's also by the creator of Bacchano. So the guy, you would think the guy knew what he was doing and he just was like, nah, this isn't for me. Mm -hmm. The beginning's good. The ending's good. The middle sucks, basically. Yeah, which is actually kind of like the series, too, where it gets kind of crazy, where it just kind of gets villain of the week. But yeah, um, do you guys have any other positives, though? I thought it was interesting how, like, the time skip at the end. First of all, this is the biggest time skip we've ever had. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off, Jordan. The time skip jumps forward 4.6 billion years and then back 4 million years. I don't know why you did that, but I like it because it introduces all this mystery of who's talking, what's going on here. And then you don't learn about it, but like, I'm fine with that kind of. It was an interesting way to go about it. Also, like, as we mentioned, the art, yeah, it's sketchy, but like, there's a lot of really good drama in how he draws these people. Yeah, I know, Shen, you had some notes in particular about how the art goes hard to uh, quote your notes. Wait, just real quick. I, I just want to comment on Jordan asking who's talking at the end. And I think it would have been really funny if they they ended with like two panels of like a nanobot like reading from a <laughs> from, from a tiny book and then closing. I was just it. thinking that would be amazing. <laughs> a nanobot in its tiny chair with a little lamp next to. Him. It's tiny, tiny Tim. Yeah. Oh my god. But yeah, the the art. Oh, it was banging at some points, right? Yeah. I really enjoyed all of the like crazy guy faces that he drew. You know, I called them, <laughs> I called them the orbs because I yeah. thought that they were supposed to be like nanobot panels because the faces became so round Ooh. and distorted and fisheye looking. Those were cool. He clearly had like a, a lot of fun with them and uh, they look good, honestly. And I thought especially when um, he was drawing Gonzo, some of the ways that he drew Gonzo like made him look really cool and intimidating. Uh, yeah. Like his proportions were just really like cool villain proportions. Chapter 11, as I mentioned, and uh, Jordan, as you mentioned, uh, the last few chapters uh, just really went off on the art. Aside from that, I don't know, I, I like the pacing too. I, I like that it kind of jumped between what Enjo was doing and what Sinomura was doing, because those mm -hmm. two sections had completely different vibes. Like, you yeah. could
could get yeah. a little bit of like classic shonen with what was going on with Enjo, and then you go to Sinomura, and suddenly it's like it's like Death Note ish. It's like a little bit of intrigue. That is true. He's trying to like hide his power. Imagine if he just went into his own thing because he has like a super Death Note. A yeah. lot of this manga reminded me of Parasite, actually. I was thinking that too. I Parasite. If I hadn't recommended it last week, last episode, that was like probably the series I would recommend for this episode. If I thought this was a flop. Also, like for some reason, uh, this guy has some issues drawing people, but he's really good at gore and skeletons. Never seen a better head explosion in a manga before. Really good head explosions, and like when Enjo was missing a bone, they were creepy as fuck. Like, like seriously, like a Rocky level disgusting, which I appreciated. But why were the skeletons so well drawn? Like skeletons are so much harder to draw than people. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> Maybe he, like, draws the skeletons first for everything, and then he draws the people on top. (laughs) (laughs) And he runs out of time. Yeah. Oh, man. Imagine if this... So, we just want more skeletons, so maybe that's a note of where it could have gone. Shen, though, as a comic creator, if you were to have kept the series, like, uh, maybe tweak some things, or just honestly, since we like it, just added more material to it, what are some, like, spaces you really would have liked to have seen this series play around in? One of the things that I would have tweaked is I really didn't like the big bad, you know, Lolita fashion girl. Yeah. I thought that, like, I can't even think of specific examples aside from uh, Alice in Borderland, but I feel like when I see that type of character, it's almost like I already know everything about them. Like, I know they're going to be like this smug, like royal, you know, condescending. I know they're going to have some way of like duplicitously getting power, right? Dommy mommy. Yeah, dommy mommies. It's like the when the Willy Wonka character shows up. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like the whimsical top hat guy, and you're like, all right, we fucking know what this dude's deal is. Yeah, yeah, we, we know the we know what's gonna be happening with this guy on Tumblr. Those are the two genders, Goff, Dommy Mommy, and Willy Wonka. <laughs> yeah. I feel like this manga was gearing up to have some moment where Sunamura just takes over Queen's like group or something or just be Sunamura just powers up and becomes like the big bad in some way. Oh, really? Yeah. They kept mentioning how he was getting bullied like all throughout. And so it was yeah. like it would have been like kind of an invert, like an obvious inversion to just make him like grow his powers into being like super powerful, especially since the manga started out with him getting his ass beat like it, it would have been poetry like it would it would have rhymed mm-hmm. i agree that would have been cool because he had overwhelmingly the most powerful ability because he didn't need to make physical contact with anyone and there wasn't really a risk to him using his powers yeah I think it would have been cool actually in that space where what if he had been able to take over Enju and there was just like an arc where it was we didn't include in the character section because he didn't do much but his best friend who's immune to his powers having to figure out what to do now that she's like in the situation she has no nano abilities like maybe she knows she's not compatible and how does she snap him out of this hypnosis and or maybe there's just a time skip where he was under his control for months and then finally some loophole lets him be out of his control and has to deal with the pieces of all of this rampage like maybe he wakes up to a destroyed Tokyo. Yeah, he has no clue what the fuck happened. And he has no clue. Yeah, exactly. It's a perfect way to do like a time, a diegetic time. Yeah. Yeah. He's just been launching his skeleton everywhere. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) There's just like a bunch of skeletons all over the place. And he's like, oh my God, oh my God. Are these the skeletons of the, of the Tokyo residents? That's my favorite part of Nanohazard when he said it's Nanohazard time and he's skeletoned all over the place. <laughs> he just yeah. shoots his skeleton into like a vending machine and it drinks all the so all the soda oh, that yeah, he regenerates true. his body. 
I do think, by the way, it was cool that Ari is a hard of hearing, which I don't think I've ever seen a manga before where that wasn't like the point of the manga. So that would be cool to still introduce her, both having some sort of protagonist female presence Mm -hmm. in actually having someone with a person with a minor, a person with a disability actually play like a serious role in a manga without it being the point. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So actually, that's what I'm going to say is I think that would have been a really cool plot they could have put into the series. I agree. I think that that would have been really good. So, like, obviously, we we were kind of um, clowning on the reveal that Maisono is the guy that killed Anjo's dad, right? But I think that would have been less clownable if, like, there was more of a connection between them. I think part mm-hmm. of, like, why there wasn't and why Maisono didn't kind of, like, take the place as Anjo's mentor, I guess, and the guy that he would look up to, up to that I think he would have taken had the manga continued, um... Uh, is because obviously like it, it ended right um they, yeah. they didn't have time uh but it would have been cool like i feel like that reveal would have been so much more piercing so much more biting yeah if there was actually more of a reason for enjo to like like and look up to meizono otherwise it's just like oh i'm some random dude and it turns <laughs> out i'm evil and it's just like oh okay yeah it does turn out you're evil great uh yeah. so that that would have been cool a, li- a little bit more but but i guess like trying to put that in into a manga, into this manga as it is, would have taken away from other stuff. <laughs> we, we didn't have time for that. We need more head explosions. Yes, exactly. Going along with that, the reason why that probably happened is like, it's sort of the double-edged sword with having things keep happening. I feel like the author was like, no, I have to have a new thing happening. I have to have a new twist here. And ah, uh, how about this? How about this? I will say I thought it was like interesting how Maizono tried to imitate Sunomura's like hypnosis because he knew he could hypnotize. But Enjo, who has experienced Sunomura's hypnosis, gives him the ability to tell, oh, you were faking it. That's not what it actually looks like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Or he knew he was faking. Yeah. And you know why he knew he was faking, too. Damn, maybe I do like this here. Shit. Right. (laughs) Right. Yeah, especially because we're not like, let's change things. It's more like, here's what, like, here, it's like, uh, we read the series Double Taisei, which was the fucking craziest game about shogi, which is like Japanese chess. And we liked it so much, we just, I'll send you a picture of it, but it's literally like, it kind of turns into Fast and Furious, where it just keeps amping and like, Jordan will agree, there was a time where they were definitely going to go into space yeah. and play shogi. And we started <laughs> thinking about like a fan fiction of how like, he's on like a spaceship. And yeah. David was certain they were going to go to space. And I can't tell him that if it went on for 50 chapters, that wouldn't have happened because it probably would have. Kind of reminds me of uh, Akagi a little bit where it's like, it's about Mahjong, but they just keep like escalating and escalating and escalating. And of course, people are betting their lives and eventually they're like betting blood and stuff like that, like from their body. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it, it's just like those like game, like manga, you can always rely on them to get pretty wild with it. Yeah. All right. Since we're getting off topic, how about we get into miscellaneous thoughts? Does that sound good? Yeah. Sure. So thinking about miscellaneous thoughts for this series, it was actually funny to see the yen to USD conversion in real time, how it kept getting worse because the yen was kind of not doing so great, I guess, during this time period. <laughs> I didn't notice that. <laughs> yeah. So like a thousand yen is nine hundred dollars. And it was like a thousand yen is eight hundred and eighty dollars. And just kept the conversion <laughs> just kept getting worse as I was reading this manga. Oh, God, that's so funny. I also thought it was so cool how they paid him. They didn't want to um give him any kind of paper trail so like head of police would just hand him a lottery ticket that was like like a winning lottery ticket for like ten thousand dollars or something well it's like a hundred thousand dollars yeah i too thought that was very clever no you're right a hundred thousand dollars because it was like 10 million yen yeah and then shen was there any things that you felt like you haven't a chance to say on the show you want to bring up 
there's quite a bit <laughs> well first of all obviously like you, we've touched on this before they say that it's going to be a nano hazard or it is a nano hazard <laughs> or we're in danger of a nano hazard like a billion times and it's never clear what that actually means until the very end when we find out that it's the extinction of all of humanity which honestly goes hard but yeah. uh you know they kept us guessing they kept us guessing on like when is the nano hazard happening what even is when is it like officially that you know i will agree you can't get more of a hazard than the extinction of humanity i would then yeah. say okay fine that was a nano hazard i, I will give you that you are right to be worried worried about <laughs> yeah, Shen has this panel, <laughs> this panel in here of the main character stabbing Gonzo in like his the inside of his elbow with his disembodied arm, and the the sound effect is stab. Yeah, that is pretty great. The sound effect is stab, and let's not forget that he's stabbing through somebody's skin with like the end of an arm. Yeah, which is absurd. There's like things that happen sometimes that's just like no. You know, uh, and that was definitely one of them. It's always about the bones. There was a character, and this this was like one of the funniest characters in the whole thing. Extremely underdeveloped. I don't even remember their name. It was some some girl, right? And she was just a a person cloaked in shadow with like a cloak <laughs> and a hat, looking like fucking Heisenberg for like fifty panels. And then finally, she stops Sinomura from running away by like kicking him. So that doesn't reveal her power. And then she gets a title card, right? But before that, she was cloaked in shadow for like way too long. You can't have, like, a cloaked-in-shadow character for that long. She would be cloaked-in-shadow, like, in the daylight when everybody else is clearly seen, but for some reason, like, you can't see her. Yeah. So, clearly, they're building up to some kind of, like, cool-ass character reveal, right? Yeah. They must be. Or else, why would they leave her cloaked-in-shadow yeah. for way longer than <laughs> yeah. is comfortable? So, they reveal her without showing her power. They're just like, oh, okay, this is, like, a 14-year-old girl in, like, middle school or something, and clearly she seems to be pretty close to queen so i guess she her power must be pretty cool and then we never we never find out what that is because she gets murked by a stray bone in the corner of a panel at the very end <laughs> oh yeah he misses and just hits her instead <laughs> yeah, there are a yeah, lot he... of moments in the final in like the final or the i guess the second to last chapter where he just accidentally kills a bunch of people yeah talk about a nano hazard i would say that was probably a hazard I think my all-time favorite shadow character, though, that was never shown as Shen, we read a comic called Zip Man. Okay. It was like the shadow of all the villains, except one of the characters is blatantly Optimus Prime. Yeah. <laughs> and they never explain why the fuck Optimus Prime is just with hanging out with the villains. That, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so, that's so good it's that's really so good. good it's really fucking great because it's just like that's like one of the most recognizable silhouettes ever <laughs> and it's just like what could this character be yeah i guess the offer was like we'll get the rights to him when a time when the time comes. we will send you an image of the panel because and you will see how it is completely <laughs> like undeniably optimus prime <laughs> japanese copyright law is really relaxed yeah Oh, man. And then I just want to run through with some facts from our fabulous Maxi B. They say you simply do not get more canceled than killing all of humanity. I would agree. 
Yet the author has a blog maintained sporadically over many, many years where he promotes his work as well as the work of his assistants, a level of professional courtesy rarely seen. So uh, Maxi B was like, this is really easy to do my citations. He has been able to work for both Shueisha and Akita Shonen at the same time without an issue, a rare feat when publishers can be so possessive. So it is impressive. He has two ongoing series. The author, unsurprisingly, is a big fan of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure and is openly influenced by his work. I mean, he started the manga out by killing a dog. As is tradition. Uh-huh. Yeah. All his manga has constant soapboxing about the stuff and people in society he hates today. Kids, rude people, reckless drivers, office politics, just whatever <laughs> is grinding his gears. As you can see, stuff he's decided he hates while writing nanohazards. So this offer definitely fucking hated landlords. Yeah. So he probably had a rent spike while he was making this manga. I get it. Respect. <laughs> All right. And I respect you guys. So why don't we get into the final verdict? Yeah. So I want to say thanks to everyone who submitted their six words summary. You can do so in our Discord. First up from Maxi B, another flop that's fixated on bones. Diego, Nano Hazard, son. I'm fucking invincible. <laughs> so you're really going to like the cover art for this episode. <laughs> Dude Rock says, drug overdose leads to the apocalypse. Lord Anubis, nah, bro, you're thinking Demon Slayer. Hey. Redblade, they harden in response to bad manga or bad science fiction finds jesus instead yeah from real good hearing makes your bones shoot <laughs> bubby my hero academia but everyone dies <laughs> the gray porter lottery tickets not taxed question mark japan based that one's like a news headline yeah <laughs> yeah they tax the fuck out of lottery tickets in america three beat panels of dull surprise yeti says bone bullet batman beats biomachine bloodbath uh-huh. dragon ed nano hazardous nanobots needing nasty knuckleheads nuclei in blah moo mm-hmm. at last a cool skeleton manga there you go shen hey hell yes oh man and then uh on that note shen what was your six word summary mine was is it officially a nano hazard yet <laughs> when nano hazard <laughs> it's really good jordan how about you holy shit it turned into evangelion it really did, did, did. <laughs> and then i thought we would talk about iraqi more but mine was iraqi's dr bone parentheses not a porno because <laughs> <laughs> dr bone definitely sounds like the porn of dr stone <laughs> really which does. i'm pretty sure i think that's probably what the hentai subreddit is to be honest oh god it's like a chainsaw man's is bone saw man <laughs> no no <laughs> no all right, so now the big question. Was this a flop or not? Shen, would you objectively say was this series good or bad? I'm going to say wouldn't be my first recommendation for somebody looking to get into manga, but not a flop is what I would say. The biggest thing it has going for it and what I consider to be like the the line that I draw between stuff that is a flop and stuff that isn't is it just wasn't boring. Like I had fun reading it. So that's kind of the whole point of like reading manga, right? How about you, Jordan? No, I don't think it's a flop. All of our issues were like, um, they kind of took a back seat to how like crazy everything was and how shit just kept happening. And as I said, if you read something and you're not sure if it was good or bad, that probably means it's good because it meant it was doing like something interesting that like took you by surprise, which is what I think like art should ideally do. I mean, I'm not saying it was a masterpiece, but I would have absolutely liked to see this manga keep going. It really drew me in at different points. I agree. I think this was not a flop. And then, so since this is not a flop, how do we compare this to Chainsaw Man? Is it as good as Chainsaw Man? (laughs) And yes, Shin, this is an actual bit we do on every episode. If it's not a flop, which is very rare, so the listeners may have never heard this bit. This is what we do if it's not a flop. This is like, you know, you walk out of like the the smallest and tiniest pit in the ground and, and then you're just like, are, are you as high as Mount Everest now? Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. That's, that's <laughs> the joke. Yeah. Like, oh, is this as good as Chainsaw Man? 
You know what? I would say uh, some of the some of the panels in this manga are as good as some Chainsaw Man panels. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Oh man! And then Jordan, is this the best series we read so far? No. Well, well, no. Uh, it's no, no. <laughs> it's just a debate if this is good or bad versus series that objectively we know for a fact are good. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get into shoutouts. Shen, I want to say thank you so much. This was a little bit of a longer than usual, but we just had so much to talk about. I want to thank you so much uh, for being on the show. We had an absolute blast. Where can our listeners find all of the amazing things that you do if they want more Shen? If they want more Shen goodness in their life. Yeah. Um. Thanks so much, first of all, for having me on. This was like a blast to, uh, first of all, read and to goof on. And uh, <laughs> it was just really nice to to talk to you both. Hell yeah. Yeah, I feel like we have a lot of like similar interests and stuff. And so this was like a really fun convo. And uh, in terms of where people can find my stuff, you can find it on pretty much every social media as either shenanigansen, that's like the word shenanigans with E-N at the end, or Shen Comics. Oh, or you can just Google like Shen Comics Twitter, Shen Comics Instagram. I'll usually post stuff there. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash. with an X, right? Yes. Hey, thank you so Good much. Good call out, Jordan. <laughs> thank you so much, Jordan, because I uh, I totally like I, I I totally forgot that I spell it that way. Yes, comics with an X. And uh, I have a Patreon that is also uh, patreon.com slash shencomics with an X. And you can find my work on Webtoon. Currently, I'm just making Blue Chair. There's also a series I started on there called Live With Yourself, which is currently worked on by some friends of mine. Dave, Cat. Uh, man and andy kluth are working on it so i'm not currently associated with that series but uh you know they're i, I started it i guess uh, and i no. highly recommend it because uh it's they're doing like way better with it than i ever did oh that's awesome that's cool mm -hmm. david i would like to thank you for all the hard work oh. you do and put into this thanks bud thank you too for all your hard work on the show oh I also want to give props to Merlyle for the awesome cover art. Find her online at Lyle Mer and Nigel for being our generous art benefactor. Thanks to Dylan for assistance with editing. I'm sorry this is an extra long one. We just had too much fun. You can find his podcast, Anime Out of Context, at AnimeContext.com. Thanks to Tucker and Maxi B for assistance with pronunciation, translation, other miscellaneous research. Find us on Twitter at Shonen Flopcast and our website, ShonenFlop.com. We're also on Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, or wherever else you get your podcast. And come join the Shonen Flop Discord. It's open to everyone, patron or not. Come hang out with us, talk about anime games, or whatever else is on your mind. We also have a monthly movie night. Find a link to it in the show notes or on our site. And if you've been enjoying the podcast and want to help us keep going, we also have a patron. You get a lot of awesome perks like listening into the audio, hearing deleted scenes, or even getting exclusive monthly episodes. Jordan, what did we drop in August for our wonderful patrons? Well, listener, we covered Sandland by a little guy known as, uh, you probably never heard of him, Akira Toriyama. Shenny, are you familiar with his work at all? No, who's that? <laughs> he made Dr. Slump. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> I've heard of uh, Dr. Slump uh, vaguely before. Uh, yeah, maybe maybe I do. Maybe I have heard of this Toriyama guy. Yeah. <laughs> Unironically, I think you'd actually quite enjoy reading Dr. Slump. But yeah, and we were joined by Moscow X of Team Four Star, a.k.a. DBZ Abridged Series fame. Hell yeah. And yeah, you can find us at patreon.com slash shonenflop. And I also want to give a shout out to some of our patrons. I want to start by thanking our Dolphin Dad patrons, Big Shrug, Hunter Seeking, Slender, Pacey Ginger to build a fire with. And please donate to help the victims of the Maui wildfires, Red Cross Maui Strong Fund. Moving on down to the Ravioli tier where you get weekly pictures of my dog Ravioli. We have Chris, Eva, Josh Robinson, Karate Chopsticks, Rachel, my wonderful fiance. We just went to Trader Joe's and got snacks and Hell now yeah. she has to hide them so I don't eat them. 
Scarlett Mirmerdin and Trevor Schechner. Also, Shen, you've heard correctly. Rachel subscribes to the Patreon tier where she gets pictures of her own dog. I know, wow. it's great. <laughs> oh, I have a fun ravioli story. So we we have this thing where we have silly time where we play with ravioli like really like aggressively. By that, I mean like we just mess with her and ravioli isn't allowed to bark. She got so excited, she ran off the bed and ran into the living room and then barked and then ran back because <laughs> she thought we wouldn't oh. hear her barking in the living room. Oh, that's oh. so cute. I'll send you a picture of Ravioli. She's our silly little baby. Moving on down to the king of the forest, we have 090Z, Bandit Stoof, Jordan's girlfriend. wonderful girlfriend. Yeah. Shell Florine, Gabe Lando, Jacob Andrew Galloway, King Salamander, Kirby Mon, Marty, Max Baker, Not Jeff, T, T Wolfwood, and Tommy Boy. Thank you all for your wonderful support, along with our Galactic Ball Federation officers and our Beast Children. Hell yeah. Thank you so much. I love all of you. You are all my children. And then Jordan, anything you want to add? Yeah. So tomorrow, August 28th, uh, it's a very special day. It's actually Jack. Happy Black. birthday. It's actually Jack Black's birthday and mine. Wow. Did you know Jack Black's mom was like a super important NASA scientist? Yeah. Isn't that fucking crazy? Oh, <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then all that's left now is let's do the sign off. Thank you so much for joining us. Tune in next Monday as we give our first thoughts on stars. This has been David. This has been Jordan. This has been Shen. And you've been listening to Shonen Flop. Shonen Flop and Floppers. Yeah. Mm, ba, bye. Ba, ba, da, um, ba, boop, ba. All right, bye.